Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Story by Chance, where we come and talk all things movies, television, streaming, all sports, all that good stuff. And this is the first installment of our new summer series we're going to be doing every year called Blockbuster Summer. It's where, we, it's where we go and we look at different blockbusters of the past. We look at, we're going to be looking at a different blockbuster from every decade over the next four months. This week, we started with the 1980s, and you guys, surprisingly, decided to give us Roger, who framed Roger Rabbit. I didn't see this one winning, Russell. I did not see this one winning. I didn't either, man. I really thought Back to the Future or Ghostbusters, you know, the one that we always put on and never seems to get any traction. Uh, I really thought one of those two would have won. E.T. was another close choice because that was getting a lot of votes. But, yeah, I didn't think Who Framed Roger Rabbit would have had a chance. I'm glad it did, though, because a lot of things we are on this one that I, I really want to talk about. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, people listening. Uh, but actually, this is actually our second time to record this because we just we just had a minor technical snafu. Uh, to which we, Russell and I have been talking for the past like five, ten minutes about theme parks because he's he's currently yeah. in Florida right now. Absolutely, yep. yeah. And he, you know, he's, do, he's doing he's doing all the Disney's. I uh, did did Magic Kingdom today. Great park. Yeah, and I uh, yeah got got to the bulk of everything in bulk Magic everything. Kingdom. There was there was still lots of stuff that I uh, you missed, obviously didn't have time. You, you, you missed out on races in the ride, but you got to the bulk of everything. Uh, yeah, I mean for the most part we tried. Races, like I said, with. With the um, yeah, with the uh, with the uh, whole COVID stuff, uh, you know, some some things weren't a, a big you know a big wait. Um, some were a little bit, but yeah, like Space Mountain, we got on and said like forty minutes was a wait time. I think we got in in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. Like D- Disney, like yeah. really inflates wait times. Oh, huge! But um, and then like Jungle Cruise, it was like forty minutes, and it was funny because like we got like that was the last uh, ride that we did for the night, and then. Um, we were like flying through. I'm like, dude, there's no way this is like 40 minutes. And all of a sudden, like three quarters of the way, we start halting and like start like going like snail pace. I'm like, oh man. But for the most part, we got in faster than what the uh, wait time was averaging. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. The Disney wait times are again always crazy inflated. So yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like the, I, I I realized that on my last trip. I remember again I got in line for the Seven Dwarves mine like mine train. Yeah. And we were going like it said like a, I want to say it was like a like a seventy to one hundred and ten minute wait. Uh, well, okay, so yeah, we were. I think the highest I saw today was forty. I yeah. wanted to go on it, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we we, we got on. We only we were lined for like an hour. Only reason that because like the line stopped because there's some kind of like glitch on the like technical malfunction on the ride. So we had yeah. to stop it for a bit. But like, had that not happened, we would have gone. We probably would have gone like on and off that ride in like thirty to forty. We, I think, wrote it the first summer it came out. I remember it was huge line. I think we had a fast pass for it. Um, really fun ride, though. I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame that you're not. Oh, yeah. It's a shame they're doing this trip like later in the year because like, uh, Universal is like going to, they're opening that new Jurassic World coaster. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. They're opening a new uh, Velocicoaster. It looks fucking sweet. I want to, ch- I want to check it out. Uh, I'm gonna be down. I'm gonna be down back in Orlando in October. From I'm going down there for nice. Horror Nights, which I think you. Which have you, you ever been to Horror Nights? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, something I definitely wanted to do. Because um, yeah. I love you know obviously Halloween time and stuff like that. So it's something I've always wanted to do. Just haven't done it yet. Yeah, same here. Like I, man, like everyone's been telling me like for the past like couple of years, man, hor- yeah. Horror Nights is so great. You got to do Horror Nights. And then I, yeah. re- I realized this year, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do Horror Nights. Absolutely, you have to. I mean, it's one of those things I definitely want to do. It's on the bucket list. Yeah, man, I, I, 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it, man. I'm tired of hearing about it. I just want to <laughs> go do it. Well, once I get the scoop from you, I'll probably end up wanting, like, <laughs> I'll put more pen to paper to make it happen, I'm sure. 20, 20, 20, 2022, let's do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, so... We are. We do have some regular segments. First of which is trailer talk. Not a whole lot to talk about today. We had one trailer to talk about until something dropped today, and we'll get to that. Yeah. In a second. First thing we're going to be talking about is the second, I guess, trailer for Stranger Things Four. Yeah. Uh, this is the fourth season of Stranger Things. Season three feels like so long ago, and I guess it was. Cause season it three was what nineteen? I guess. Yeah. I. I wanna. It seemed closer than I think COVID happened, and it made everything seem so far away, you know. Yeah. So let me see. So, yeah, uh, this is going to be the fourth season of Stranger Things. Um, no, no word on that is, but we know Hopper's back because I guess he's explosion proof. Yeah, apparently. I guess. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> explosions. It was the A. Explosions weren't shit. Yeah. Uh, and this one focuses a whole lot on Eleven. Maybe we're getting her backstory. Russell, what do you think? Because I, I, I know you're a fan of the show. I know season three yeah. didn't quite do it for you, which I... Which I, I mean, see, I mean, season one was great, obviously. Season, season two, season I literally amazing. watched, I think, like three or four episodes, and then I got, like, bored. I, that I, I, I didn't watch anything in two. Um, I didn't never finish it. And then I watched season three... And then season three, like I said, I watched um, I watched the whole season three, but I, season two just didn't do it for me. I got completely bored off of it. See, I, I really, I, okay, I like season two. I like almost every episode of season two. If they cut okay. out that 11 solo episode, I would have loved that season. Season three, I think, is the weakest. So, I think it's, I still think it's a good season. I think it's the weakest so far. Um, okay. But I do oh. think that it's probably my favorite finale of any season of Stranger Things. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, what do you think of the trailer for, season, for Stranger Things Four? I mean, it was getting you to obviously want more. I mean, I think that's that's obviously the whole enticement of you know these trailers, especially with you know something like a Netflix property like um, Stranger Things. Uh, you know, I've invested this much time into the show. I'm obviously going to watch season four regardless. So it did it did enough to get me curious to see what the hell you know, like how you said a backstory of Eleven and kind of you know all that. Yeah, uh, no word on when it didn't. It didn't say what was, was premiering, was it? Or did nah. it? Yeah, I, no, you, there wasn't a premiere on it. You got to assume it's sometime this year because, like, the release of Stranger Things is just bizarre because you had season one in sixteen, season two dropped October the next year, season three waited two years, dropped July. July of nineteen. Yeah, July. It was right the Fourth of July weekend. I'm willing to bet had COVID not happened, we'd have, we would have Stranger Things four last year. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. I would. I would probably guess later of twenty. They're also back in fall. They also probably got to start wrapping this up, right? Because these kids are like getting way too old to do this. I mean, we're really getting into the stages of puberty here. So and they and, and, really... they're, and they're starting to look it. Oh, for sure. I mean, just look at uh, what the hell's her name from Godzilla. I mean, she, or call or, or yeah, Godzilla. Sorry. Oh, she looks completely like difference yeah she know? does she's really maturing you know it's yeah uh gotta, the, gotta kind of finish the stuff up the black kid looks starting to look different yeah uh yeah some something that i do think that oh shit you know what someone is added to the cast but i kind of don't want to tell you who it is because someone i know because someone you're a big fan of i kind of don't want to spoil that they're in the cast has been added to the cast of what Stranger Things of, of this of this season yeah 
Really? Yeah, there's some there's someone new. I'm not I'm not gonna say who it is because actually you know what? I, I will because I want to get your reaction. Robert England is gonna be really? in this new season. Nice. All right. Cool. Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. They have a tendency to do that. They get like an actor who was like bigger in the '80s and bigger in the '80s. Yeah. Or did stuff in the '80s. You know, because you had yeah. Matthew Modine season one. I guess Paul Reiser counts for season two. Uh, yeah, he was in Aliens. Uh, Carrie yeah. was season three, and then I guess Robert England now. Yeah. And Matthew Modine is cool. coming back, I guess, but it's don't know how. But yeah, I mean, uh, shit. If if, if David Harbour's explosion proof, then I guess anything can happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Stranger Things 4 set to probably debut sometime this year. I have no idea. Netflix has been really crap about advertising when shit's, gonna, when shit's dropping. Yeah, that's the same thing with, like, you Season 3 was supposed to... Everybody said, oh, April, April of 21, and then April, you know, last month came out, and there was no you Season 3, so I don't know. I, and that's the same thing with Ozark. I don't know when Ozark, uh, you know, uh, Season 4? 5, I think. 4? Five, um, I don't know when the hell they're doing that. So yeah, they they're doing bad. You know, not. Um, oh being, wait, no, you're right. Four, four. Uh, they're not doing a great great enough job being transparent about all these seasons, especially really with these not. big, these huge names for their. Uh, and the, and this is one of their like tentpole shows. So you think they do a better job at advertising this? I mean, this is what got a lot of people subscribing to Netflix. Obviously, was Stranger Things. Yeah. So. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see when it comes out. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Just because I really oh, like absolutely, it. yeah, for sure. I'm still a stranger. I'm still a stranger things fan. Uh, other show that we're talking about today, something I'm not a very big fan of. <laughs> At least the first one. Uh, the second one could could happen and change my mind. Venom. Let there be carnage. This was a, this was a casualty from last year. This is the sequel to 2018's Venom, which made an obscene amount of money. And an episode of Notorious by Chance that you guys can check out. Yeah, did did we did we did do we did do an episode on the first Venom, as part of our classic. Yep. I believe it's part of our classic feed, if not mistaken. Yeah, I think yeah, it was one of our yeah, it was before our current feed. Yeah, but you know, if you spoiler for the first Venom, the first Venom literally the the post credit scene of the first Venom is literally Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy saying, "Next time, there's gonna be carnage." Looking right into the camera as he does it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like that uh, too. It's like, oh Jesus. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so this is the sequel where there is Carnage, in which you know Venom will be taking on Cleus Cassidy, who is the uh, supervillain Carnage in the comics. Uh, we see you know Woody Harrelson. We see some Tom Hardy back as Venom. We do see Woody Harrelson. Thank Christ, he got a new wig. Yeah, thank you, because the the other the other hair was not doing it. The other wig was fucking hideous. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, look. First of all, Ruben Fleischer is not back for this film. Instead, in his place, we got Andy Serkis doing this one. This, I, I don't know what to make of it because it looks like more of the same stuff, but more of the same stuff I didn't like from the first Venom. Yeah, it didn't. I don't know. It just seemed different. It, I, I don't know what the hell they're trying to do with the uh, like, property. Like the like the shape of the opening is just like it. It's, it does plays more like Jim Carrey's The Mask than it does Venom. Yeah, it's hard to take serious too. It is, and yeah, it's, it's all kind of stems from the idea that this character on his own, this character on his own, isn't as interesting as he is with Spider-Man. We've said we've said that time and time again. We said that a bunch in our Venom review. Um, yeah. I will say, Carnage looks. He looks like Carnage. He looks interesting. I guess. Uh, yeah. We see Naomi. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, their CGI definitely looks cool, but I, I just I don't know. I mean, it's more that they get the design right. 
Uh, we yeah. see Naomi Harris after uh, assumingly firing her agent after Moonlight because, wow, can she, wow, can she not pick a project anymore? Yeah, no, she's definitely uh, been struggling. Yeah, but uh, Russ, what do you think of the trailer for uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage? You know, just exactly what I thought I was going to get out of it. I mean, it was definitely cool. Um, I, I do like Tom Hardy as, as Venom. I just think it's it's so different. It's just so weird. You know what I mean? It's hard to take, like, kind of what we were saying. It's hard to take it serious. But uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to kind of follow suit and see what happens. I mean, I, I'm curious enough uh, just to see Woody Harrelson as Carnage. I, I just never really thought that that would ever be in the same sentence. You know what I mean? Um, I, think, I think it's a good casting choice. I think he's a really good casting choice. Yeah, I mean, I just he's a little bit older. I just I don't know. I, we'll see what happens. I, like I said, I, I'm definitely curious enough about it because you know Venom was just so man. You just didn't know how to take that movie. You know what I mean? Um, it, it just was one of those ones. Was like, yeah, Venom was a thing. Uh, yeah, and it did. I, I felt, it did tremendous at the box office. You know, it was I, crazy. I, I felt every single thing with Venom. Like. It's crazy how much le- like traction and legs that movie had throughout the box office. Oh yeah, made. Uh, let me see. What, uh, eight fifty six on a one hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, which is completely crazy. Never thought I'd see that day, but yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't believe this is a thing that we're actually doing. Like, <laughs> we're ma- Sony is making these movies. Yeah, I mean, hey, they're they're doing it, man. They're doing the damn thing. So, I mean, props to them. Uh, I mean, obviously, with the success of the first one, you knew they were going to do another one. No, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, if you if you if you like Venom, then more power, more power to you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you're getting yours. <laughs> I mean, hey, but, but hey, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Opening I'm, night, we're going to be there. So I'm looking more forward to this than Morpheus. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not even. Not even close. Yeah. And Venom is said very clearly that it's going to be only in theaters and it is set for a release on <laughs> September twenty fourth of twenty twenty one. Nice. They're letting you know that this will not be on digital. This won't be streaming. This is going to theaters. Oh, yep. <laughs> only in theater. They made it very clear. Only in theaters. Only in theaters. Uh, in case you're curious of other platforms, you could see this film. Only in theaters. Only in theaters. Really can I see only. this? Really can I see this? On the- only <laughs> in theaters. It's the only place, man. Yeah, but you know, Dis- you know, Disney doing their you know day and date release. No, Radio Digital doing day and date release. Sony uh, Disney Plus is doing their premium price. Anyway, you can do only in theaters. Only. It's the only way. Only. It's going to go into theaters, and then we're never going to see it again, because that's the only place we'll be able to see it. Venom 2 only. I mean, we got it. <laughs> Done. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to do it for our trailer talk. Now we're on to Notorious News. Uh, first of which, I don't know if you saw this or not, but a couple a couple days ago, Marvel put up this, like, I don't know what to call it. More like a like a hype video, I guess. Advertising the future, like you know, celebrating the movies, celebrating you know, highlighting some of their future projects. And we did okay. get, you know, some you know, some interesting looks at some of their stuff for Phase Four. We already know Black Widow is going to be next up. Shang Chi is after that. September Eternals. It, we saw our first look at Eternals. Yeah. Which was interesting. I think that looked, I mm-hmm. think the couple seconds we saw looked pretty sweet. Uh, of course, Spider Man No Way Home in December. 
Doctor Strange in March March of 2022, Thor Love and Thunder in Mar- May in May of 2022. We got a title for the Black Panther sequel. It's going to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Again, Appropriate. Appropriate. Still have no idea what that movie is going to be now that, you know, you kind of lost the biggest piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it's easier to do with smaller characters, but when your piece is the the piece, the yeah. main character, it's, it's really you, hard to do. When you lose so. the guy, like it's, it's yeah. a little difficult. Um, yeah. Captain Marvel 2, which was dated for November 11, 2022, is actually not going to be called Captain Marvel 2. It's going to be called The Marvels. Uh, we okay. got, we kind of saw that coming because it's going to show they have the inclusion of both Monica Rambeau, who we saw in WandaVision, and Miss Marvel, who's yeah. getting her own Disney Plus series at some point. Uh, that's going to be coming out November 11, 2022. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will be coming out February 17th, 2023, which I think is interesting because both Ant-Mans came out in August. Both previous yeah. Ant-Man came out in August. I, no, wait, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp came out in July. So it's been gradually moving both, both, both summer, though. Both summer. So interesting yeah. they're going uh, winter or early winter, early spring with this one. Uh, although they, they are making way for Guardians of the Galaxy, again, getting a prime summer release date, May 5th, 2023. I think that's smart. I think that's going to do really good. Oh, yeah, especially after all the James Gunn stuff that's going to that's gonna do. If that movie made a yeah. billion dollars, it wouldn't shock me. No, because hopefully when we get back to a little sense of normality where we can actually have that, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think two years is a, is a good t- is a good time for him to be able to do that in. Absolutely. And of course, uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, last thing and last thing announced. Uh, no date, but we do know that John Watts is directing that. Uh, so yeah, um, the Russell. I know you. Did, I, I don't think you watched the video or not, but if you did, and but just hearing about what I'm talking about, anything particular looking forward to? I did not. Um, but I mean, I guess just all the properties like, you know, Chang Shi, like I think we were talking about before, uh, you know, just an unknown character, unknown property, you know, um, obviously Thor, you know, we followed a story. We followed a story with, you know, uh, Captain Marvel. So, you know, I mean, we kind of understand that some of these other characters that we're getting like Chang Shi, uh, I'm excited about Doctor Strange, too. Um, Fantastic Four. I mean, I, I really wish that Trank's, you know, dud wasn't a dud. Such a great cast. Just Bad, bad, it's, bad, bad. You, script, had a, man. you had an excellent cast, but then you just uh, you gave them nothing you, to do. How do you have that cast, my lord? Like it's just it's a great cast. It was just a shit movie. It sucks because you know our boys were in it. You know, our bo- so, I mean, both, just, both it, our boys were in it. Really sucks, but hey, we'll see what happens. Like I said, you know, they're really trying to get this thing to finally stick. Maybe this is the the one that actually sticks now. But, you know, like, it seems like they were really hell-bent, like, you know, really contrary to undoing this one in particular because there are more negative connotations associated with the Fantastic Four, so it's easier to make that impressive. Oh, yeah, I mean, because when you're so low on the totem pole, I mean, you can only go up. You can only go go up. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a a win-win, I guess. And they're going to put a product out that actually probably would, I, I imagine, would make things superior to films that's what i would i would guess look even even if it's it's just decent it's still the best fantastic four film that's how that's how bad the others are <laughs> i i spent a while since i revisited the other ones with re- uh, jessica bill and re- uh, chris you, evans you mean alba or jessica alba yeah bill jesus Christ, lord uh, i watched jessica, i watched them again re- i watched them again recently they're they're bad fan four stick is still worse but they're both bad but uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, I remember being more entertaining. By That's still the best. That one. That's still the best of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
that's going to do it for yeah, Marvel Phase Four in full swing. Now that you know we're back, we're back to the movies. We're back to doing stuff. Hopefully, you know we're going to see another success, another phase of interesting comic movies because that's what I like about Marvel. They seem to take they're taking like more, you know, the more like crazy outlandish approach to comic films, and I and I applaud that. I really do. Yeah, I mean, with the success, obviously, of the you know three phases, you saw what they could do. So it's like now, what's what's the next? You know, evolution of the MCU. I mean, it's, yeah, that, should be great. Well, now we can now we can do it, whatever the hell we want. That's what we can do. Yeah, we made tons of money, and we're gonna keep making that money. Something we may not keep doing is the Golden Globes. Because I don't know I if you saw, saw this today. I saw big TC dropped it. Yeah. So uh, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the Golden Globes, mainly with a push for diversity, which they're yeah. not making. So yeah. the whole point is like the Hollywood. The, the, let me explain. The Golden Globes are decided by the Hollywood Forum Press, which is a group yeah. of about eighty-six people, which yeah. is insane. Like <clears throat> you have like that much pull. Yeah. You, like you have that much pull and like that much influence. And, like you're seeing like a prestigious award by the fact that you're given that you're by a bunch of like foreign writers who have nothing, who have no involvement in the actual business of filmmaking. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they they got in a ride because they put a lot of money for a party, so all fans would come and get drunk. Um, and yeah, uh, there's been a lot of push for diversity, which they are really kind of dragging their feet on. Which, as a result, yeah. a lot of fans are protesting. Mainly Tom Cruise, three-time Golden Globe winner, sent all his gloves back. Yeah, TC moneymaker man. He yeah, should, not having it. He should, he, should, he should go cash those in for an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, he should. Guys should have one. He should. He should have one. Why does yeah. he, he not have one? Um, yeah. uh, what do we got to do? And it, it was announced today that NBC will not telecast the 2022 Golden Globes, which is insane. Yeah, we're so, like we're dropping some heavy hits here. Yeah, so the Golden Globes are going to have to make a massive, massive change. And they're going to look like complete assholes once they do it because it took all of this to obviously yeah. uh, ensue to change. But yeah, so I don't know. Do you think that we'll that, do you think the globes will get, will get back on track by, you know, by twenty three? They would have to. I mean, I, I don't see why they they wouldn't. I mean, they're going to lose NBC. That's who broadcasts the uh, Gold Clubs, if I'm not mistaken. And then you you have uh, you know such actors with such high power like Tom Cruise. I mean, saying hey, I don't I don't need these. How many other ones are going to come forward and start doing that? You're going to see like. You know, for Rudy, for Rudy, you know, put the jerseys on the put the jerseys on the uh, the desk there. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you're gonna see a lot of people doing it, man. I, I think it's something you're gonna see a little bit of a wave going on this, and they're gonna have to backtrack and be like, "Shit, we really need to make some changes." Yeah, no, they 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 are, and I hope, and I really hope they do, because you know, I mean, you have to. I mean, like, to. there's there's no reason not to. You ha you have to. You don't want things to be so cut dry, you know what I mean, with that. You want to diversify things to make things more creative, more color, more, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you just don't want the same boring thing. You don't want the same boring picture. You want something with more color into it, you know what I mean? So which is, yeah, which you'd is have why, to diversify that. Which, which is why, like, you know, the Academy Award, the Academy are doing, like, very, they're, make, they're making very conscious efforts to try and do that, like, because they're, they're always adding new members. They're always adding. Well, look at the yeah. yeah look at the nominations for the last couple of years. Exactly. All that new members always trying people like you know the different races, uh, sexuality, ethnic backgrounds. Yeah. So they're trying to Absolutely. you know make a conscious effort to make make a 
you know, ha- you know, it's not just a bunch of like old white people <laughs> voting on these movies again. You you can see if you could compare this from like even like look at you know what we're going to be looking at with movies of you know 1996 with you know English Patient and other films like that. Like look at the five movies for Best Picture that year and look at the nine or eight that we had this year. I mean, you would never see some of these films at, even in the running there for right. for Best Picture. You know, so it's it's nice to see that. Yeah, so we'll definitely see what happens with the Globes in the future. Something else we'll see the future of is Cobra Kai, because season four has officially wrapped. Now, Russell, I know you're a bit newer to Cobra Kai. You actually just recently uh, binned the entire show, which I'm surprised you, it took you this long to watch it. Dude, it was one of those things where it was like, it took you, and just like, I'm tired of hearing it. I got to see this because I love the Karate Kid movies. I'm like, I got to give this a shot. And man, when I started watching, I was hooked. Hooked, line, and sinker, man. So season one, I crushed. Season two and three, crushed. And then here I am waiting. I'm like, well, what the hell here? Let's 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 get this. So, yeah, looking forward to season four. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't know what I was about. We're, again, if you know season three, you probably have an idea of where it's going. But yeah. I, I really enjoy Cobra Kai. I think that it's a great show. Yeah. I've been the lo- entire show. I've been down last season like a day. And I love having Crease in there. I think that really, really puts more story into into the whole entire show. Because I think without him, you really wouldn't have as um, as good of a, of a show. I don't think, really. Probably not. No. Yeah. Uh, something else I want to talk about is because you're at the, because you're at the park right now. Uh, on we celebrate you know we celebrate Star Wars Day May Fourth the past in the past week. Uh, mm-hmm. With Disney, unve- they did some shit. I never, I just didn't think they'd, they'd do. I, well, we heard, we heard Taylor. They had crafted, the Imagineers crafted like, quote unquote, a real life lightsaber. So we heard that we're just like, huh? What does what does that even mean? And so they released a video on May fourth. That's like, oh, that's what that is. Uh-huh. It's gonna be a new thing. You seen, you seen this video? I have not. Let me let me let me let me send it to you real quick. Because it's a video, like, it's showing, like, what this is. And it's literally, like, a retractable, like, this this shit looks real. And you'll be able to buy these things. Jesus. Yeah, right? I'm going to turn turn this down. Let me look at this real quick. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know what. (laughs) I don't know the mechanics (laughs) of it, but I want one. If you get hit with it, what happens? Yeah, if you get like, hit, if okay. you get hit with it, what's what's the deal? <laughs> like, oh, all right, yeah. I mean, it was funny because I was in my buddy's wedding and um, he was giving out lightsabers for the groomsmen. So oh, nice. I got a uh, Darth Vader one because he's my favorite character. So uh, course, yeah. yeah, and that was like one of those two hundred dollar lightsabers. And like it, you know, with the obviously, you know, with the when you smack it, it makes the you know the the yeah. The, you know, sound and everything like that. But yeah, this is this is nuts. And how much would this thing retail? They have no, they have no idea. But like, it honestly, it honestly doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what these things cost. People will it looks pay cool. it. People will pay it. And and do you realize how many lightsabers you're going to see at the park? It's going to be crazy. Like it, the like it, like the two the two hundred dollar custom like you where you go in the shop and build your own. That's two hundred dollars. Just yeah, to do that. This is, this is man. This is gonna take it to another level. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely gonna buy. Again, I don't care how much it costs. I'm gonna buy one. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I think it's something. Like I said, this the the red lightsaber. I think I'm I'm more just gonna probably display it on my wall. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this this seems really cool. Yeah, and uh, speaking of some more news on Disney, uh, 
<laughs> Andrew Garfield did an interview recently. I saw Talking this, about yeah. the future in Spider-Man. In yeah. which he kind of shot down the rumor. It's been long suspected that he's going to make an appearance in Spider-Man No Way Home. He shot that <laughs> yeah. down just saying, like, I haven't gotten a call. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. his phone never, never rung, so... Now, yeah. look, I'm not saying that he's lying. But what I am saying is, this is kind of something you would say even if you were in the movie. For sure. I mean, you would lead. I mean, you're, obviously you're, you're not going to yeah. you're not going to say out loud. like, Oh, yeah. I mean, this you're going like, to like, spoil something, even though uh, a lot of people know. Now, I've been on the camp where I just I don't feel like I need Andrew and Toby to come back. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him just because of the nostalgic. Obviously, with Toby, uh, not so much Andrew, but I mean, whatever. I, I'm good either way. Yeah. I mean, I kind of I'd kind of rather just be let to be a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> And not, yeah. you know, live-action Spider-Verse, which is what everybody's been wanting for, you know, since Spider-Verse came out for some reason. I don't know, but whatever. Uh, point is, I do th- I just watched the interview. I think it's funny because he's just had if this, if this is all, If this is true and he's not in it, I think this will be the... I think this whole year, the whole past two-year speculation we've had on Spider-Man 3 is going to be hilarious in retrospect. Oh, absolutely! Especially if he's like baiting everybody. Yeah, because like like nothing like nothing made me happier than like all the speculation of like oh what are Andrew Toby gonna do in the movie and then they just don't show up. Yeah, it'd be like oh yeah wait uh, uh you're waiting you're waiting where the fuck are they <laughs> where'd they go where are they people <laughs> that people girl? said they were gonna be in here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that'd be hilarious, but and I'll, most because I know people, a lot of people get pissed. Uh, but yeah, yeah you, br- you brought you brought this on yourselves. Yeah, it's your fault. Uh, next piece of news talking about. Uh, well, do you, well, do you think do you think that's going to be in it? That's my question. Oh, man, I don't know. They've been saying like I think I think they're I think they're going to be in it. I I really do. Yeah, we'll see. Because we'll they've see. been talking so you've been hearing so much shit about it. Like I I think you'd have to. Like I don't know. Can we get some Spider Man or actual Spider Man movie? Actual some, some Tom Holland Spider Man in our Spider Man movie? <sighs> man, we've had some rough goes here with some Spider Man movies, haven't we? I don't think anyone's got like a hundred percent correct. I think there have been good attempts. I don't think anyone's gotten a hundred percent correct. Toby McGuire might be the best. No, 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 no. With two, with Spider-Man two. Spider-Man two is good, but no, Homecoming is still the better Spider-Man movie. And Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse probably the closest we've gotten so far. Oh, Spider! Oh, Spider-Verse is a different league though. But yeah. Next topic we're talking about is the long development Red Sonia has another actress attached now. Uh, starring in the lead role will be Ant-Man and the Wasp's own Hannah John Kamen. Uh, I think this is actually a really great pick. I think she has that warrior physique. She she looks vaguely ethnic, so I think that works for her. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? The girl who played Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, my God. Send me a picture of her. See if I remember. Yeah, you, you, you'd, rec- you'd recognize her. I know. Oh, the chick from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost. Yeah, I knew who you were talking about. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, the, the villain in this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew who you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, I think she works for Red Sonja film. I think she, you know, she's... she's you know, yeah. Kind of becoming a bigger career. And Red Sonja is a property that I think has a lot of potential. Yeah. I think it's kind of like the better the better live-action Shira, which is funny because He-Man also lost his lead, which... Kind of shows me maybe we shouldn't do another He-Man movie. I still well, 
Again, we'll we'll talk about it. Masters Universe always has a soft spot in my heart. We'll get we'll get there. We'll we'll get there very soon. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, there's also like a lot of different directors come on and off this project. Um, For the longest time, Robert Rodriguez is going to reboot it. Uh, Brian Singer was going to do it for a little bit, uh, until you know we we got him the until Brian until Brian Singer became Brian until Brian Singer. Until Brian Singer was an adjective. Yeah. <laughs> Until Brian Singer was an adjective. <laughs> no, yeah, correct. So now uh, doing this show is going to be uh, Joey Soloway, uh, who has done a lot of he's done a lot of t- done a lot of TV. I'm sorry, they apparently the non-binary. Uh, they've done they've done a lot of TV. Let me see some stuff they've done before. Uh, Oh, oh my God! It's the, person, it's the person who did "I Love Dick" for Amazon, which is actually a really good show. Uh, worked on Transparent. Worked on a lot of Amazon stuff. Okay. Uh, so, Russell, do you think? First of all, have you, have you seen the original Red Sonia? I have not. It's actually it's actually pretty good. I would actually, I'd have to check, advise checking it out. But all right. Yeah, but no. Wait, why, why am I saying it's good? I am sorry. I was talking about I was thinking about the comic. No, the movie's fucking awful. The movie the movie <laughs> is good to check out because it's. The funny thing about it is, it's basically it's basically Conan three, but they couldn't make it Conan three. Okay, so that's they had to name it. And Schwarzenegger and Schwarzenegger is, he's Conan, but he's not Conan. It's, it's it's a, it is truly a sight to behold. I was gonna say Bridget Nelson. I think Bridget, yeah, okay. Bridget Nielsen was uh, Red Sonja in the original. Okay. Um, but yeah, so as someone who's not familiar, you can't really speak to it. But I will say, I do think again. Give, uh, as a as a new potential female action franchise, I think it has a lot of potential. So I'd like to see it succeed. Uh, next person we're talking about, uh, John David Washington. He conti- he continues to line up great projects. He's now lined up to star in. Oh, first of all, Gareth Edwards is finally making another movie. Jeez. Yeah, uh, Rogue, Rogue, Godzilla and Rogue One director is making a movie called True, True Love with John David Washington attached to star. Uh, this let's see. Anything this is about. Uh, I can't find a plot for this one so far, uh, but yeah, uh, no word on what this is. But it's going to be a near future sci-fi spec as being described. A near future sci-fi spectacle from the director of Godzilla and Rogue One. Uh, okay. So John Day watches seems to be. I do appreciate that he's trying to like diversify himself, you know, because he's doing. He does his comedy, does his dramas, does his sci-fi's, does his action-ish. I guess Tenet counts as an action movie. Yeah. Um, but Russell, what do you, th- uh, you know, you hear John David Washington. I like that he's working. <laughs> he is work. He is working. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do too. Um, I think he's a good actor and kind of what you said really kind of gets mixed into all the different genres, which is, you know, you always like it to see as a, uh, you know, an actor and actress. So yeah, uh, hearing that the premise of it, I'd, I'd be curious enough about it. Yeah, for sure. So no, we're on when's coming out, but definitely excited to see, definitely interested to see that something that is coming out. I'm also, I'm also intrigued to see. It was announced that uh, the next Muppets project was announced, and I wish I could have been in the room when this was pitched, because this fall, Russell, on Disney Plus exclusively, we will be getting Muppets Haunted Mansion. Oh, boy. Yeah, so this is going to be about, it's going to be a Halloween special for exclusive for Disney Plus about yeah. the Muppets interacting with the Haunted Mansion. But here's the thing, Russell. <laughs> this idea is so bizarre that it's actually kind of brilliant. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Being uh, being that we rode the haunted mansion today, it's kind of funny. I mean, but you think about it, like they've been trying to do like another haunted mansion movie for so long. 
I think this is almost. A, yeah. I think this is almost a better move. I mean, why not? Why why not have some fun with it? Yeah. Yeah. Why not have some fun with it? I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a fun ride. I mean, yeah, it's got it's like you know like genuinely creepy moments, but I do think that. I do think that you know it's a bunch of like you know kind of, kind of like a Scooby Doo kind of thing. Yeah, like, it a, could, it could like, be like a Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. And with the characters like the Muppets, which I am, I'm always pressing Disney to do more stuff with those characters because I do think they're funny. They've learned to do a lot of, they learned to yeah. a lot of great, great comedic scenarios, great comedic possibilities. They just don't use them for whatever reason. Well, especially because the, the the characters are so unique in themselves. You know, what I mean that interaction that you could have with characters, I think, would really make it more plausible. You know, exactly, but. You know, you hear the words Muppets Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> sure, I mean, it has to be better than the movie with Eddie Murphy, right? It has to be, right? I mean, gotta be. Right? Right. It's, it's gotta be. Uh, um, next thing we're talking about, I don't know if you saw this. We had some, we got word a while back about how uh, Sebastian Stan and Lily Jane were going to star in a new, uh, a Hulu limited series about uh, Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. We, I did see. I've seen pictures of the. Uh, yeah. They released the photos and holy, holy shit! shit. Right? Holy shit! Yeah. How how accurate, man? Yeah. Uh, first of all, Sebastian Sam looks great as Tommy Lee. Yeah. Looks like they do. But shit, Lily, J- whoever did the makeup for Lily James, knockout, man. Like, she literally give, looks like Pamela Anderson. Give her the Emmy. She. She is unrecognizable in these pictures. She's, pa- she's Pam Anderson. Dude. She, she is. looks exactly. She looks exactly she like looks her. She looks just like her. Yeah, like even like just like facial, like you know everything. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm honestly just, just seeing those pictures alone that inspires me to check out the show because I need to see this. Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. And just their whole tumult, you know, t- tumultuous relationship in general that you always hear about and stuff like that. You kind of want to see that stuff, so. Yeah. No, absolutely, and I do think that put it, first of all putting this on a, a premium, a premium like streaming service, brilliant move. Oh, it's smart because you can do so much with it. You don't, you're not limited to what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, that no world when that's released, but I can guarantee you, I'm going to be checking it out whenever it drops. Uh. And last story we're talking about today, Knives Out 2 is set to start filming in Greece later this year. And we have our first cast member attached. Not someone I would have expected, but I'm glad he's he's along for the ride. Dave Bautista reuniting with the Spectre co-star, Daniel uh, Daniel Craig, going to be in Knives Out 2. Why not? He did it. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't matter what the, yeah. doesn't matter what it what the what the whole thing is he's he he done it i've gone it right now batista's your uh yeah batista done it yeah but uh russell you hear an actor like dave batista doing this movie and i think dave batista of the actors tur- you know wrestlers turned to actors i think he's good though if you look at like the career like because look if you look at, like what do you call it, the big three right now like the rock john cena and dave batista i think dave batista by far is the most interesting career out of, out of three of them yeah, I, I would say so because I think John Cena is not as good. He's very one tone. Um, I think Batista gets you a little bit more can do the comedic and do serious a little bit better than Cena. So I would I would give the edge to Batista. Yeah, but I I do think he's been a lot like because like look, look at the people he does, he works with. I mean, he's worked with fucking you know of course James Gunn. He's worked with Denis Villeneuve. He's been working with Ryan Johnson. I mean, yeah. Definitely. So I mean, you've worked with a lot of you know good 
you know, directors and personnel. I mean, I think that's that that plays itself to your favor, you know? Yeah, uh, I've been in a been in a Bond film, you know, tried to headline his own action movie. Uh, it's of course, of course, you know, Marvel, everything doing there. But yeah, he's someone who's trying to like really craft an interesting career for himself outside of wrestling. I really appreciate that. I do, I do think he's really talented. I, I do too. I think he's more, more comedic, obviously, um, just with his dry delivery, especially in Guardians. I think he really brings. I think he's he's my favorite character in Guardians. So I always always like his like little one-liners and just his comedic like his comedic timing's good in that setting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's gonna do it for notorious news, which means we now move on to the. Uh, we now move on to the movie of the week. This is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So Please. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Uh, so Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out in the year 1988. Uh, Fifty million dollar budget had a budget of 300. I'm sorry, box office of 329 million. Uh, totally so forgot that Zemeckis did this. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis did this right, right off the heels of uh, back, to, right? back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future. That, that was that was the last yeah. big one before this. So let me, let me see his filmography. So he did, yeah, no, literally, it was *Romancing the Stone*, *Back to the Future*, *Who from Roger Rabbit*, *Back to the Future 2. That was his '80s and used cars, of course. But, but, but what an '80s though, man! If you think, what an if 80s. you look back at that, man, because *Romancing the Stone* was really good too. Yeah, man, like yeah, we we had two Robert, Robert Zemeckis movies on the poll. Both were number one of their summers, and this which, is complete, which is completely crazy. What a what an eighties this guy had. He's but, just like Spielberg. But yeah, Roger Rabbit has a unique one. And that, well, first of all, this was the first like, not the fir- uh, you know the kind of reinvigorated the you know live action, live action meshing animated with, hybrid. Yeah. yeah, like meshing with live action. Yeah. And there are a lot of reasons why a movie like this could never be made again. Like this came out oh the exact Lord, like, perfect yeah. time for this. Yeah, this would made. be. Yeah, you couldn't do this now. Yeah, well, for for a lot of for a lot of reasons, but you know, we'll get we'll get into that uh, right now, as this is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So we start off by seeing, you know, so this movie takes place in 1940s Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, this is like real, real like noir, noir like setting type. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's so we basically see like you know, tunes are integrated into society. They you know they're their own people. They have their own lives. They can get jobs. I'm assuming they pay taxes. I'm not sure what kind of laws they abide by, but they never movie, movie never explained it to us. Uh, and then we see, you know, we see what essentially is their tunes wor- tune working, which is making making animated making animated shorts. And I'll say this yeah. right now: the animation in this film is fantastic. Yeah, it still holds up. I mean, if you look at it now, it's thirty what all over thirty years old. Still looks, it, still looks clean. I mean, you look at it just from you know the line work, the speed of it. Like it's, it's on the animation by itself alone is fantastic. We meet our main character, uh, Roger yeah. Rabbit, who your mileage on this character may vary. He's hit or miss, man. He he can get to a point where it's like, yeah, okay, I see why Eddie drinks. <laughs> I see. I see. Why, <laughs> you, look, you know I mean? I'd be an alcoholic while I was with you last two. I mean, he's he's hit or miss, man. He's like, he's like, if what about Bob was like a cartoon character on Speed? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> Bob. 
Um, but I do think this movie does a great <laughs> job of trying to set him up as kind of like the victim and all this because we, we the plot of this is actually like quite surprisingly intricate. I don't I don't think a lot of kids could follow this, but yeah, there's there's no way. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we see that he's in his in a short alongside a character named Baby Herman. What I do love the fact that like they're they're going the camera the camera wraps. And he's like this, like gruffle, this gruffle, yeah. like Brooklyn voice. Totally reminds me of like almost like a boss baby. Almost, right? Uh, kind of like almost like a. Yeah, no, like or uh, or look who's talking, Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, Mikey. Yeah. Uh, so and, and that's something I want to shout out, like the integration on the the actual tunes live action. It's done. It's done better than most movies made today. Yeah, even like when like you see people like punching or holding and like doing things, they're moving to like it was happening in real life. But and I think that's what adds to that dimension, though. You know. But something I love about this film is the fact that like just the, the shadow work in this is fantastic, because you know, yeah. like well, when, like oftentimes with a lot of you know with a lot of like live action animated hybrids, like they'll all like all the care like they'll be lit really flat so they're bright and they yeah. stick out better here something interesting they did was they had like models on set they had models on set that they would place where they were they would place in a frame where they needed to be for the scene so they yeah. knew how to color it to make it shattered i think that's an incredible te- that's incredible technique it's incredible but attention to detail yeah, and especially given the late 80s too yeah yeah with it. the lack of like with the, not all the technology in your pocket Absolutely, makes 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 them feel more makes them feel more tangible in a sense. Yeah, yeah. You never for a second think like, oh my god, this looks so fake. I mean, yeah, there's some things that age a little bit, but kind of what you know what we've been saying though, put them in live action, the animation's on point. No, absolutely. So, and then we meet our main character, Eddie Eddie Valiant, played by Bob Hoskins. Uh, uh what, what 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 a talent that guy. Well, he could do it all. Like, I mean, you have a guy who can sing, can just act, can, you know, give you that comedic presence, play the, you know, the the drunk. I mean, it's just, this is a perfect role for him in this film. Yeah, so he plays a private eye who, a uh, private eye who has some kind of grudge against tunes. Yeah, but he's almost modeled like a Sam Spade type character, like a Humphrey Bogart type, uh, you know, like private eye. Yeah, yeah, but I th- I do think uh, he is funny. He, he's more like this. He's more the straight man in this movie than yeah. you know than not. Like he kind of is kind of there to offset the goofiness. But I do think that you know he's one of those like he knows what he's doing. But the fact that he is taking it so straight that's what, that's what makes him so great in this movie. Oh, the way he like like even when he's going in there taking pictures and stuff like that, like literally like taking his job super seriously. I think that really adds a, like, a huge dimension to you know his character. Yeah, absolutely. So. We see that he's being hired because the, st- the head of the studio, Maroon, wants him to tail Roger's wife, Jessica Rabbit. Uh, for what reason exactly, we're not entirely sure. But uh, we know it's something he wants done badly. So much so, he's willing to pay him $100. A little bit of a... You can see how the price of things have gone up a little bit. Inflation! A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. We also meet uh, well, we got Ian. 
Uh, more, more on Eddie's drinking problem. We meet his uh, bartender friend, Dolores. I think that's her name, right? Dolores? Yeah, it's Dolores. Yeah. I, I, don't, know the, I don't know the actress, but I know I've seen, I know I've seen her in other stuff. So, yeah, she's pretty good, though. She is, she is good. I, li- I, li- I like the pairing of her and Hoskins. And we, this one, I don't like. I don't like this line being here, but we find out that the whole reason he has a grudge against cartoons is the fact that a tune killed his brother. Yeah, and you're just like, wait, what? How did this happen? They don't explain <laughs> it until later, which no. is what I do like. And I think yeah. he does a really great job of giving exposition. Yeah, you don't get that whole story until obviously, like I think three quarters of the movie is already gone. But I, I like the fact that they wait because you kind of like thinking kind of what you said. You're like, well, wait, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, we then then go to the ink the ink and paint club, which is the pl- which is where they were told to go and tail Jessica Rabbit because mm-hmm. uh, he, he won't he won't go to Toontown. He's got a trailer. He got a tailor here. Uh, yeah, and now here's, here's the interesting part about the movie. Uh, this is based on a book called Who Who Censored Roger Rabbit, which okay. if you read it, is actually like they use the treatment of cartoons basically as an allegory for the treatment of black people. Now okay. it's it's downplayed more here, but there are like a lot of subtle touches. Like for example, the Ink and Paint Club, where cartoons are allowed to work and perform but never okay. watch. This I is see. a this is a lot like the cot like the real life Cotton Club, in which black people yeah. were allowed to perform and work, but uh, but yeah. never sit and watch. In fact, they made up the whole, whole movie about it. Uh, you, 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 you've seen the Cotton Club, right? The yeah, the, I, the, know, the I know what you're movie? talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's also, there's also a part where you know Roger later in the film is like talking about like overcoming, overcoming, you know, mistreatment, overcoming prejudice. Like those yeah, touches yeah, yeah. are there, and I do think I do think I do, I do admire that for trying to take that thing. And like I, I like the line later where Roger's like, "There's no just for tunes anymore." Like, like it really gets yeah. surprisingly deep. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's kind of you think about it, it's kind of like relevant now. It's like it's really like not a. I, I, I'd say ahead of its time, but I can like with when you say that, like I, it's a callback, and I, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, damn, that I really didn't, uh, you know, see the underlying, uh, you know what I mean, the yeah. underlying kind of like not meaning, but the uh, influence of, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> now, now, speaking of you know, rich, rich, racial, racial allegories, there's a there's a very hotly debated line. I don't know if you heard it. It's when Donald Duck and Daffy are performing. I don't know, but there's a line in which it sounds like... I heard, like a swear, I heard, a swear, I heard something sounds, like a swear word. It sounds like Donald Duck says the N-word. <laughs> to which... Oh, my Lord. You hear that? Oh, let, let me pull up the line. Let me pull up the part right here. Okay. Yeah, so if you listen to it, it sounds like he's... A, yeah, I'll, I'll play it. It sounds... Like will- you. That's like that's one of the most contested lines in movie history. We're just like, wait, what did he say? You're, you, sir, are Cosmo Kramer. So, yeah. Now, according to the closed captions, he says nitwits. That does not sound like that's nitwit. not at all what it sounds like he's saying. Like, even you can't even like even like muffle it. If you go nitwit, nitwit. Yeah, yeah. this sounds nothing like it. No, don't stop a nitwit. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Come on. Close yeah. caption. You're better than that. You know what he's saying. But I do think, but this is also like a, another thing I want to talk about. This because this is another reason movies like this cannot be made right today. Uh, so it's Donald Duck and Daffy doing this whole dueling pianos routine. Yeah. Now, this cartoon is one of the, is one of the few times, if not the first time in history, 
in which you see characters like Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, and like Donald crossover, Duck and like a Duck, crossover, in which they share yeah. a screen. You know, of course, you know yeah. Donald and Mickey owned by Disney, Disney, uh, uh, WB, and WB owning, you know, um, ah, God, uh, Bugs and Daffy, Bugs Bunny, and all them. Yeah, and I know yeah. what you're saying. A thing you'll notice is they are always side by side in this movie. It is yeah. very rare you will see a shot of one of them by themselves. And that's yeah. because when they made this, WB had like a specific clause in which they had made an arrangement in which they had to have the ama- the same amount of screen time in as Bugs. They don't want to see anything as inferior. Exactly. I got you. Which yeah, that's the whole point. The legality of this of this film today would just be impossible. They'd be like, screw it. There's just too many, you know, too many, uh, too much red tape. Which it, it's even, it was even hard back then, which is why you you rarely see. It. There are only like I want to say like ten non licensed Disney non Disney licensed characters in this film. Non Disney, yeah. You have what you're talking about, like uh, Tweety, uh, Tweety, Bugs, Bugs, Daffy, Donald. Donald. Uh, no, no, Donald's Disney. Droopy, Yosemite Sam, Yosemite Sam, Yosemite Sam, um, Betty Boop, who's in this scene. We'll talk about it in a Betty. Bit. Betty Boop. Um, I can't think of the other. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll think of them as a go on. But yeah, there are very few unlicensed Disney characters in this film. Not, I was thinking of Daffy Duck. That's why I was thinking of... Uh, yeah. Don, I said Donald Duck because both of them have ducks in there. Yeah, Yeah. we then meet uh, another ancillary character, Marvin Acme. If you, know, if you, if you watch if you watch an Looney Tune cartoon, that's, that's the thing that's... Yeah, it's a reference that, that catches you. You know, classic. Acme. Yeah, Acme. Uh, good, good old yeah. jokester, Marvin Acme. And then yeah. we see probably the oldest cartoon in this film, Betty Boop, mm-hmm. who you know she was a, she was a sex symbol in her time, but she's now been reduced to selling to selling cigarettes <laughs> uh, because she's <laughs> yeah. Uh, which fun fact? Did you know the the original voice actor actress Betty Boop was the grandmother in uh, Christmas Vacation? Oh my lord! Are uh, you talking about um not Delor uh, not the Dolores the w- the um, one who sings the the national uh, anthem. Uh, the national anthem? Oh my god! Yeah, she was the oh she was the OG Aunt, Aunt, Betty Boop. Aunt, Aunt Bethany. Aunt Bethany. Oh my God, it's funny because she kind of looks like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with her face, I could see it. That makes sense. But yeah, so the whole That's time funny. you're finding out that like I said, you hear trail Jessica's wife, like she's performing tonight. Everyone's going crazy. It's like wow, people must they must really like rabbits. If you haven't seen this, you're like wow, they must really, must really like rabbits. It's kind of strange. And a rabbit. <laughs> but then we see Jessica Rabbit, and my God. This cue is up, cue, cue up Demi Moore from Striptease or something, man. <laughs> this is this is this is the cartoon that caused so much sexual confusion, even today. Dude, I still think Jessica Rabbit's sexy. I I I I'll go to bed. No, like it's it's literally like it, it's like if they paid animators, like hey, just make the sexiest cartoon possible. And what a perfect voice having Kathleen Turner doing it too, with that deep sexual voice. Yeah, well, Kathleen, Kathleen Turner does the talking voice. The, the talking voice, and then the singing voice is somebody different. Yeah, I think I think it's one of Spielberg's wives doing this. If I'm not mistaken. I think it was it was the, whichever one fall whichever one was before Kate Capshaw. Let me look. Yeah, I, I, I can I can check on that. Amy, see Amy Irving. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure you're yep, right. Yep, that was the, that was the Spielberg wife that fought that, that preceded Kate Capshaw. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, like. My God! <laughs> I mean, it's again like I'm, it's just just sexy enough. Like 
like nothing like creepy or crazy, but it's just she's just it's a sexy. It's just like Lola Bunny in uh, Space Jam. No, you know what I mean? It's a good look. Sexy character. Yeah, it's even weird to talk about because like I know she's not. I know she's a cartoon. Yeah, that's what my wife was saying too. Like when we were like I was talking about Roger Rabbit, and I said I said something about that. She gave me like a dirty look. I'm like, what? I said I'm not saying like anything weird. I'm just saying she's a sexy like cartoon and animated cartoon. Like I'm like I'm not like like we're not like we're not saying like we're like into cartoons or anything, but we're just like it's it's like it's like you you can't deny like it is an attractive drawing. For sure, she's and she just which which is kind which is the whole point of Jessica Rabbit. She's supposed to be like an incredibly attractive attractive yeah. Which is again, we'll talk about we'll talk about more about the Roger and Jessica relationship later, which I do want to get into. I do think I do think it's very fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so after she uh, after she pops a stiffy up on everybody in the crowd, <laughs> uh, Eddie goes go Eddie goes to Taylor, and we see that she's. <laughs> I do like the reveal of this. Uh, oh yeah. She's hired. So Eddie's hired to take pictures of whatever she's doing with Marvin Acme. We hear like she's playing, pa- she's playing patty cake. He's saying playing patty dude, cake with them. Dude, what a, what a what a pun on words on like having sex, but like legit like playing patty cake. No, like funny, you know what I mean? the way like Roger freaking out about it. And yeah. it's like, like let me see the photos. Like you don't want to do that, Roger. Let, let me see the photos. And <laughs> they see the photos. They're she's, legit. Yeah. She's literally playing patty cake. They're legit playing patty cake. You're like, oh, patty cake. They're totally uh, having sex right now. They're legit playing patty cake, which is funny. Yeah, no, I I, I think that is hilarious. For sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, Roger, as you can imagine, is not too happy to have his wife cheating on him. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, he goes off and he and he says, "Those like Jessica and I are gonna be happy no matter what." It's kind of like casting some suspicion on him, even oh, yeah. though the movie's called "Who Framed Roger Rabbit," which yeah, we'll get into. Uh, yeah. So I do like this next. Like like I said, this movie is actually like low key one of the best movies I've seen at, at giving exposition. Yeah, because sometimes it's nonverbal. Like I like this scene right here, where you're taught where it's basically showing Eddie and his brother, who are who both like ran a private detective agency. Like, yeah, we see the whole week. We see you know how close they were. We see that they were jokes. We see that they were raised in the circus, which is why they were so ideal to be to, to be two detectives. And yeah. we, we, I like some of the cases we see like, that they solve. Like one of them is just like the missing nephews found. Huey, Dewey, and Louie returned to Donald's. We see one that says says Goofy, clear the spy charges. Goofy. I I like how they try to get it, like, try to, you know what I mean? They're trying to bring it all together full circle. I appreciate the fact that they they do that. And I thought that when I saw the newspaper clippings, too. Yeah, I want to know that Goofy spy charges story. Yeah, it's like, oh, (laughs) gosh, Pete. (laughs) Yeah, how does that that work? Gosh, I'm not a Bolshevik. I'm not a Bolshevik, Eddie. I swear. (laughs) Was he, was he on Watergate? What the hell? Happened? Or no, this no, happened before this that. Way, this way before Watergate. What? This is way before that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, what? Like, what? Like, what was he? What, what would he possibly been spying on in the forties? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, Cold, yeah. This is this, this is way way pre Cold War. Yeah. Was he like? Yeah, I don't know. Was he like a U.S. sent over to spy on Hitler? I, I or, or like working for the Germans? I don't know. But anyways. Uh, so we go to the next day and we find out that Marvin Acme has been killed. Dun dun dun. By who? We don't exactly know. But here's another fun fact about this film. Uh, the guy who's talking to him right now, I can't remember his name, but do you know who this who this actor is? He's, he's in another famous blockbuster film. 
the one that's talking to the one that's telling Eddie that Marvin Appy's been killed, the cop. Oh, oh my God! I can't. I can't place him. This is the like he's the guy that Vader choked out in A New Hope. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, Lord Vader. Yeah, isn't, isn't that wild? Wow, how crazy is that? Yeah. Uh, so huh. we go. So we see that he was killed in his warehouse. Uh, a piano got dropped on his head. Jeez. Pretty violent. <laughs> yeah. Pretty violent way to go for a kids movie. <laughs> Seriously, and like, yeah. Um, and I also do like the touch in this warehouse because they do show a lot of like cartoon, like you know, famous things you see in cartoons, like you know, the black holes that go nowhere. You have, yeah. the, you have, you know, like the, sl- the, the hammers that like have a boxing glove in them. Like the like the bullets later on. Yeah. So they're tr- so basically they're trying to you know, examine this crime scene. And that's when we get the arrival of the last major character in the film, Judge Doom, played by Christopher Lloyd. He did it. What 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 an '80s what an '80s he had. Oh yeah. Jeez, and Zemeckis. I mean, you can see the work obviously working with him, obviously, and you know, a bunch of films obviously in the '80s. You know. But yeah, uh, this Christopher Lloyd plays Judge Doom, a guy dressed in all black, and uh, who enters with ominous music, dresses in all black, and whose henchmen are literal weasels. And perfect white teeth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the one thing. Ironically, the one thing about this that isn't very good is the mystery. Yeah, I mean, you kind of already see where they're going with it. I do like his henchmen, though. They say, yeah, the the wheels are very funny. Because I feel like it's almost like they incorporate almost like a Dick Tracy element into it too. There's another like thing that I was calling back to when I was watching this. Yeah. Now, like, I, now watching this again, I I, I mean, like. Watching the first time, you can see, like, oh, like, maybe, maybe they're doing a misdirect. You know, they're trying to really convince you that this guy is the bad guy and probably make no. it somebody else. Like, make, like, make it his bartender friend. No, no, he's, he's the bad guy. Because he's not in- introduced. I don't think Judge Doom is introduced to, like, what, a half hour into the film already. Yeah, uh, yeah, not just literally half hour in. Yeah. That's when is introduced. Yeah. From what I remember, yeah, so it's literally a third of the movie. So, uh, yeah, you, it's kind of, you, you can't see it really going anywhere else. Yeah, like I said, ironically, the one thing that isn't very good is the actual mystery. Oh yeah, no. Although the reasoning of why I think I think is actually fascinating to keep a track, to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, so, the interesting thing about this, this character is he's found a way. Now we always thought, according to this world, a lot he always thought that cartoons are basically immortal. There's no way to kill them. Turns out that that's oh. not true. Uh, no, there's uh, there's like an acid that he uh, concocted that definitely can kill animated cartoons or animated drawings or whatever. Yeah, and he dips and like it's called the dip. What, poor shoe. Poor shoe, man. Yeah, this like a little clown shoe. That, that didn't do anything. Just oh, gets put man, in I, this whole thing a dip for no reason. Was, uh, and so I'm like, was, hey, this guy can kill cartoons. It was funny because my wife was like, yeah, she's like, oh, I felt bad. She goes, I haven't seen him she goes, for so long, but I felt so bad for that shoe. Because <laughs> yeah. he was like, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. <laughs> poor shoe. Poor shoe. Uh, so... Yeah, we also find out that when Marvin Abney died, he didn't he did not have his will. Which is yeah. a big which is a big plot point. You see, the whole thing is he has a will in which it uh-huh. says that the tune the tune world or tune well, Toontown. The to, the Toontown will inherit will inherit, I guess, the tune. The to, uh, the tunes the, will inherit Toontown. Toontown, if something happens to him, yeah. Exactly. Uh but they but without that will, there's no there's no way to prove that, so Toontown basically yeah. go for sale. Yeah. Now, no will was found 
no will was found on Acme, which makes which makes Eddie believe it wasn't real. But that's not the case because in one of the pictures he took, the will is in his pocket. And it just so happens that one of his alcohol bottles are on that are, are on that right on the picture where he needs to look. That's a that's a good detective he is. <laughs> See, so if he wasn't an alcoholic, he, he was an alcoholic. It. He wouldn't crack the case. I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, then we see Roger Rabbit came to came to hide at Eddie's place. Uh, this is the annoyance of sometimes, like sometimes you get the you know annoyance of Roger Rabbit. Is. Yeah, he can be a bit much at times, but you uh, you do understand. You know, like if he if he gets caught, he will get dips. No trial, no no investigation. It's just straight to no. the dip. Straight dipping. But I do love the fact that like Bob Hoskins, like he could not care less. No, he's so removed from it, it doesn't care. Like, yeah. And he's working so hard for that Ben Franklin, man. He is. One scene, one scene that's all you need. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. He, he then, ha- uh, Roger then handcuffs him to himself, which, again, vi- vis- visually really funny. Yeah. I also love the way that... Oh, it, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, he uses... And another thing that I thought of was he uses a lot of slapstick comedy. I get like reminded of like almost like Three Stooges esque, um, you know what I mean? Like those old, co- co- those old comedies, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like some of his slapstick and just the feel of how he is as a character. I think I get some of that in there. So Zemeckis was definitely influenced by a lot of this stuff. No, yeah, uh, yeah. obviously. And you you can see like a lot of those like you know just like ton, like like cartoons from the eighties and cartoons from the like even from oh, the yeah. not from the 80s, like from like the sixties, fifties, seventies, and forties. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, like definitely influenced a lot in all this. Yeah, it, it, it feels like a real love letter to animation, yeah. In general, uh, so they go into they go and hide at uh, Dolores's bar, which which has yeah. which has an old back room of the speakeasy days. Because remember, this yeah. is the forties; so wasn't that far off. Some rum running days and yeah. whatnot. <laughs> I do I do love the part where it's like he's trying to cut off the handcuff because he doesn't have the key. He's trying to cut off yeah. the handcuff and Roger Roger just slip like I was thinking the whole thing, it just slips out. Yeah. He was like, Why well, could you do that? He does it. He's like, Why'd you do this earlier? Like I could only do it when it was funny. Yeah. Which is which is really funny though. Yeah, which is well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so he has to go investigate and then we get another scene with Jessica Rabbits. And with her actually talking, yeah, we, like you said, you, you do get to hear that you know overly sexualized Kathleen Turner voice. Yeah, I mean it's just a, it's such a deep sexual voice. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I do like the line where it's just like, again, I'm probably from a famous line. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, which is how raunchy is that? You know. Yeah. But like I do like I do like the idea like you never really know if you can trust Jessica or not. That's the thing because she really never confesses. Like, you don't know how, where she is with her love or you know hate with Roger. And I think that's where you kind of think, is she playing him for a fool? Is she playing him? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And that yeah and, that, and you you get that back and forth a lot with uh, with those two characters. And that's do that's something I do. Well, actually, well, I'll, I'll I'll say I'll save it for later because like there's one line I want I do want to touch on. With with the, with the two of them, so we yeah. and yeah, she also just dropped a, a crucial piece of information here, in which uh, Maroon made her pose for those photos, or else he wouldn't let Roger work anymore. Yeah, which you don't it's know if you, you don't know if you buy it or not, because again, yeah. you have the sense that you should. This is someone you probably shouldn't trust. 
Yeah, it's a little blackmail going on. Yeah. Uh, as you can expect, Roger is not very good at keeping hidden. Uh, and then Judge Doom shows up, which... Christopher... We haven't talked about very much. Christopher Lloyd in this role is... He's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, obviously not one of his... You know, you're used to seeing him be a good guy in most of the stuff that he did. So him coming off and, and playing the complete opposite is really kind of, like, jarring. You know what I mean? Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Like, he's, he's, like, he's incredibly menacing. He has great movement to his performance. Like, I, like I love his physical his physicality in this role. Especially, yeah. look, especially like, in retrospect, after, know, after knowing the whole twist of this character. Like, he, he does do a lot... He does do a lot right with this with with this part. I do think that he's an actor who, you know, he's he's one of those guys who like no matter what he shows up, he was always gonna he's always gonna do a great job. Oh yeah, like even look at him in Dennis the Menace when he played that villain. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you you kind of you kind of just he just has it either way. You you can but then you love him as Doc Brown, so it's like you know he can he can do both. Yeah, for sure. So they manage to get away. They go on a, they go on a high speed car chase. Uh, now this is, there's actually a, like a few frames in here in which Bob Hoskins they had to animate Bob Hoskins because it was deemed too dangerous for human actors, and I complete you can kind of completely tell that it doesn't look like Bob Hoskins in it. It does in some of the scenes. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have to have a good pause. No, but I do think that it, 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 it's good to try and you know, pick out as an Easter egg. Yeah, uh, they go hide out in a theater that's showing old cartoons, uh, and this is where we kind of. Well, first of all, I do like the perspective of like of like Roger watching it because you know he's look. He's not watching it as like you know as cartoons. Watching it as like an actor he really admires. Like, yeah. like it's it's a goofy cartoon. I do think that it does a good job. That, that guy that adds to the, it adds to the you know the world building of it because it makes you feel yeah. like oh yeah no these tunes are like they're like people. Yeah, they're just they're like people, and that's the thing you know, and it, just the integration of both of those, you know, animation with real life. You know what I mean? Just the, the yeah. And this is where we get the whole backstory on, you know, why he doesn't like tunes anymore. Like we, well, we, we know a tune killed his brother, but we uh, we find out that they were investigating uh, a case in Toon Town, and again, a tune, much like Marvin Acme, dropped a piano on his head. Jeez, it's funny because I, I think of like kind of what you were saying about like oh how how violent of a death, uh, and especially what I think this was only a PG film. Yeah, I PG. go back and I, th- I think of Wizard of Oz too, with a house dropped on her. You know, so violent deaths. You know what I mean? For like, especially such a like a you know family friendly film. Yeah, no, and like, and the crazy thing, like they, they don't they don't show you, but like you can imagine it happening. You're just like, ish. Well, it's like yeah, oh yeah, that that would do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that that that'll end it. <laughs> that that that'll yeah, get that, that, that would make it happen. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't catch the guy, but all I remember were the burning red eyes and, and a laugh. Uh oh. Yeah. So, which we'll you know, we'll touch on later. Um. But we do see that, I, the, the the cartoon ends and we get interrupted by exposition, uh, exposition news, which again, I do like the way that it does because it's almost it's almost like comically bad or not, not bad, but it's like. It does, yeah. it, it's posed in comical ways, in which we find out that yeah. uh, R.K. Maroon sold his sold his property. And again, you're, yeah. try, you're trying to figure you're trying to figure out why. Uh, so they need, and we also find out that they need to find the will by I think midnight, or else Toontown basically becomes or property, the, yeah, property estate, right? Becomes like 
yeah, I guess in which I mean, I guess obviously Doom being a judge. Would, oh yeah. Oh, you know, does, obviously, he, does he own it? Again, the legality of Toontown is is a little messy. It's so muffled because you don't know. It's like, well, does 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 it go by own it? Does he own it then, or can he claim ownership of it? I don't know. Yeah, the whole legality of it's kind of uh, wishy washy. You don't know how it really, you know. Yeah, uh, and what's the what's the company that's you know buying up stuff? It's like the like Cloverleaf, right? Clover, Clovergreen. Clover, clover something. Leaf, yeah. Clo- I think. Oh, Clo- it, it is Cloverleaf. Clover. Clo- Cloverleaf. Cloverleaf or Cloverleaf. Cloverleaf. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's another big part of this film. So we find out that you know the whole reason that, like, he knows about Marvin Acme's death because he found out yeah. that he, like somebody somebody wants their properties. You feel like it's Cloverleaf, but yeah. somebody wants their properties, or else you know, some or else they're going they're going to get killed. They were going to get taken anyways. So they decided to yeah. sell and, ca- and cash in money. Marvin Acme wasn't Mar- Marvin Acme wasn't going to sell, and that's why he got killed in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go to confront Arkane Maroon, who's, who's about to expose, but then he gets shot by somebody. You don't know yeah. who. You just see. I this think that's right when him and Eddie are right when Eddie's going to talk to him. I think. Yeah. You see the gun peering out from like the window or whatever. Yeah. But this is the mislead again because then he looks out and he sees Jessica Rabbit. Like, you see Jessica Rabbit like, lead. Wa- running or right after yeah. we see him so or knock Ro- right after we see her knock Roger out and put him in the trunk of a car. Yeah, so, so again, you're starting to think, okay, wait a minute, is this Jessica that's leading him on this whole entire thing and really framing him? Yeah, exactly. Again, they do a great. They again, even though it's pretty obvious who the bad guy is in this film, they have a lot of great misdirects. It's good. Yeah, yeah. This this misdirect here was pretty good. Does it get you thinking? Yeah, but that but then they go into Toontown, and Eddie has to make a choice on whether or not he's going to go back in. And he decides to do it. He gets his big old cartoon gun, <laughs> and decides to drive his ass back into Toontown for the first time since his brother died, because he has been back the, since. You gotta love the bullets. Oh, the the bullets are the bullets are awesome. Uh, but yeah, I love the transition into Toontown. I think that for for blue screen in 1988, it's done. This is done really well. Yeah. And plus, like oh, as you wouldn't, you would think that this movie was done in the 90s. Oh, absolutely. At least. And like as someone who you know, I love old school animation. And I love you know classic characters and seeing all kinds of ca- seeing you know all kinds of different backgrounds and backdrops. Like if if you really love your know, animated movies and old school cartoons, there there is so much you'll be able to find. In the back, in just the backgrounds yeah. of this, yeah, things like, that you you know you can call back to seeing before, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it, it, again, like they, they put they put any and everything into these scenes, and you you can the effort really shines through. And I want to give a lot of love to the designers of Tune Down. I think that they, they do absolutely excellent, excellent job. Uh, yeah, Tweety Bird shows up. We see the very first time to have Mickey and Bugs Bunny on screen together at the same time. Again, got to have equal screen time. Yep. Uh, yep, can't play favorites. Yeah. And then we see, the, the, the you know, she ends up, he ends up in a back alley. And we see that, we, do, we find out the ultimately that Jessica Rabbit is, you, you, is not the bad guy, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The person, who, yeah. the person who shot R.K. Maroon was Judge Doom, 
but he, I love I love his little run. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah, like awful run. You're like, why is he running like that? There's a reason for that. You're like, but like, why is he doing it? It makes it makes sense towards the end of the movie, but you can very clearly tell it's not Christopher Lloyd running. Uh, no, absolutely not. So, yeah, uh, we find out that you know she knocked out Roger to keep him out of trouble, and then we get the line that that I want to talk about when we're on Jessica and Roger as a couple. I find them very fascinating. Yeah, just because there is this yeah. whole like there's whole mystery element surrounding them. Like we don't know how they met. We don't know yeah. what keeps their relationship afloat. But we, we there is yeah. one line. It's very, very there, vague. There is one line here that's about like we're. I like what do you see in that guy? And she says he makes me laugh. And I think, I think that says a lot about, you know, their. I think it's a lot about the relationship that then leads on, because if you look at it throughout this film, Roger is the only person in the film or in this world that doesn't see her as a sex object. He doesn't see he doesn't see like a scorching no. hell when he wants to have sex. He want, he sees a really kind woman he wants to marry. And I think and and I think that's where Jessica appreciates. Yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe like if you look at it, maybe Jessica is looking for her opposite. I mean, she's not particularly funny or manic in any way, so it would make sense that she would go yeah. for someone like Roger. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, you know, opposites attract. You know, he's he doesn't want what everybody else wants. I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's extra for him obviously, but he's he wants companionship. He wants love. He wants to, you know, share that with somebody as opposed to people just like oohing and ah and over over you and kind of like what you said, almost like a Marilyn Monroe esque sex symbol. Yeah, uh, you know, and you know, plus it, you do see like there are two people who would really like they would do anything for each other, even even if it means, even if it means like her and the other, like you know, Je- like when Jessica took the pictures of like playing patty cake, you can you see it now. There's some it's probably something that she really didn't feel good about. Because she knew how much it would hurt Roger, yeah. but she wants him to continue to work. Yeah, so she was actually doing it for him. Yeah, so she knew she knew it would break his heart, but she did it anyways because that's how much she, that's how much she loves. As much she wants, she wants him to work. So, as much wants to keep his, to keep his job. Yeah. So yeah, I do yeah. think that there there are a couple that I really I'm really fascinated by. I guess the mystery element and the and just the, the unspoken things regarding the two of them. That I find myself drawn to. Yeah, because it lets you. Well, it's you, the you know, obviously the watcher of the film, to kind of fill in the blanks, like how, like, you know, how did all this happen, or like, how does he really feel about her? Yeah, it's just that her giving that dialogue and saying that you kind of think, oh, well, it's not all about that. It's like she, she likes the fact that he's, you know, humorous, makes him laugh, you know. So she's seeking somebody who's not putting her up on this pedestal, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, this is so they end up back in the uh, in the Acme warehouse, and this is where all the cards kind of get laid out on the table. Of course, of course, as you pretty much put together already, Judge Doom is the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, with, with a cuddly yeah. name like Doom, I can't imagine why. I can't imagine who else would be. I can't imagine he'd be. Can't be. A, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now we can't find out Doom. that he is the sole shareholder of Cloverleaf, and the whole reason he's yeah. buying up everything. Is because he wants to clear everything out. Because he, you know, he's, he's yeah. invested in this new revolutionary idea. Maybe you heard of it. It's called a freeway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole the whole plot of this movie resolves around Judge Doom wanting to make a freeway. Uh-huh. 
So yeah, that's yeah. why he wanted the studio. That's why he wanted the red car. He bought that out to destroy it. And he basically bought he basically bought Toontown because he wants to just wipe out the face of the earth. He has this whole like big elaborate rig filled with several hundred gallons of dip that he's going to basically use to erase Toontown. Which now I think about it, dip is basically just like just like extreme paint thinner, right? Yeah, then wouldn't the thing holding? Yeah, then I don't know how. Yeah, I'm saying that wouldn't the container that it's being held in have to be like proof of all, like you know what I mean? Well, well, that that it's is kind of like that. Like that's real. The, 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 ta the tank is real. The tank is not a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean that, but the the material of like it uh, would be eating. You know what I mean? Like because if it's it's so acidic or whatever, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I guess I guess dipping was cartoons. Uh, and yeah, basically he said yeah. he set, he set up Roger just because it was convenient, and they gave him an out. So yeah. Yeah, the whole yeah. Like like I said, the mystery is the one weaker element of this film. The the Who Frame Roger Rabbit, ironically not very important. Uh, yeah, we got to look at everything else as a whole though, not just that that little you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but I do think the plot itself is actually like the way it unfolds, and, like when you get to like you know what what everything is leading up to. I think that's an interesting journey. Again, the who the who is very obvious. Yeah. The why kind of like, kind of like Knives Out. The who is the who is pretty easy to guess, but the why I think is where the is where the entry comes from. Uh, yeah, no, I I can see that. Uh, another detail I like is the fact that Jessica and Ro and Roger are strung up with with tune proof rope. So it's not like the handcuffs he can't get out of yeah. it. Yeah. Which like makes you think, what is this stuff yeah. used what With is this stuff used yeah. for? Cause it's gotta be used for yeah. hanging, right? It's gotta be used for something crazy, yeah. It's gotta it's only has to be used for executions. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing that you would have that for. Yeah. And then we get Bob Hoskins the best acting Bob Hoskins does in this movie. Because the way he beats the weasels, he has to make make them laugh themselves to death. So he does this whole elaborate really song and dance. Which, yeah, not gonna lie, didn't think laughs. didn't think this is where I go to. The hints were there with him, him being a circus kid, but it is funny. And like Bob Hoskins, he sells the shit out of it. Oh, for sure, he absolutely does. And it, it happens to sudden like you're even taken back when you're watching it. But it it's really funny just how he gets what you know gets. You know this situation resolved. Yeah. So he, yeah. So he kills all the weasels. Now it's basically him versus Judge Doom. And this is where we, yeah, again, we go in that classic theme of you know kids movies from the '80s trying to scare the shit out, the ever living shit out of your kids. Uh, oh yeah. For first sure. of all, Judge Doom gets rolled over by a steamroller. We're just like, wow. I, yeah. I, we saw some violent deaths off screen. We, we saw some violent deaths off screen, but this is this this is this is extreme. We then get the ultimate twist of the movie. Judge Doom is a tune. And not only that, yep. he's the tune that killed Eddie's brother. But like I the way it's revealed, like I cause you see his eyes get all beady, his voice gets all healing because like he tries to reinflate himself. And I just yeah. the way he's like, Remember me, Eddie, when I killed your brother, I talked just like this. Like, and, it, and it's funny because that scene always sticks into my head, though you know. Like that, if I was a little kid, that would scare me. <laughs> like that's horrifying. That's like that scene in Pee Wee with the fucking, 
a large march. It's like they're seeing in Pee Wee too. Large, with the, large march. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Same thing. It's one of those things that just etches in your head, you know. Oh yeah. And just the way he looks, like where he's got like that little like puff of hair on the bottom, like his eyes are all buggy out before this climax. And that, 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 that yeah, they look like like wide out tic tacs. And there are things you notice when you watch it again, knowing the twist. Like you do notice like how he moves. Like he moves a lot like a cartoon in a lot of these scenes. And like one other subtle yeah, touch. Know, yeah. And one other subtle touch they do in this film. Uh, they like any time Judge Doom is in the scene. There is wind blowing against like against like his his jacket. Even if he's yeah. indoors, there is wind blowing, which usually in cartoons signifies a bad guy. Yeah, so that would make sense too. Yeah, I think that was a great subtle touch. But they end up they end up beating Doom with his own dip. And we see that but the problem is it's midnight and the will still not found. But earlier in the film, Roger wrote a love a love poem to Jessica on a, some random scrap of paper he found <laughs> he found in there now earlier we saw act of disappearing ink but turns out this was in fact disappearing and reappearing ink how uh how <laughs> how oh, dramatic uh, and, it, yeah, and it, it only gets revealed in dramatic points of the story <laughs> yeah when you need it to reappear yeah so the letter, so the thing he wrote the poem on was the will, saying that Toontown it does belong to the Toons. So yeah, the Toons have their happily ever after. They get to go off. Bob Hoskins gets to kiss Roger Rabbit, which again sells the shit out of that scene. And really funny, yeah. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. So, Russell, and again, you like me, you are someone who has not seen this film in quite some time. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Hold on. I'm looking at the scene right now. So other characters that aren't licensed. I saw Wiley Coyote, Foghorn Leghorn, Woody, Woody Woodpecker. I think that's ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's pretty much ten. But yeah. Um. Yeah. What you were gonna say? How does it hold up from like seeing it again? Like it. it I, I was glad to watch it again. It was one of those ones where, kind of like you, haven't seen it for a long time, and it was nice to kind of revisit it. Obviously, it was able to watch on Disney Plus. Um. Just, just was a fun rewatch, like of a movie that I remember seeing and playing the video game on uh, Nintendo. I remember playing the game on Nintendo with the yellow cab car, and you had to drive into Toontown and stuff like that. Um, I remember some of that stuff, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun film, and you can really see kind of like what we were talking about that animation of, of of merging live action with animation and just and like you'd see that later on with like Cool World. I think was another one that did that. Um, you see other movies that try to. Was it was it Cool World the one with Brad Pitt? Yeah, yeah, Cool Cool World was after. Do that, with the, that was yeah. after. I think you you see some of those those movies in the nineties and stuff try to incorporate that, but you see that this is kind of like the the beginning of of that, and um, it's fun. It's a, it's just a, it's an overall just an enjoyable film, you know. And I'm glad we were able to to revisit. Yeah, I think this film is excellent. If you're someone who like me who loves who loves animation, this feels like a love letter to just animation in general. Because there's so many things yeah. that you'll notice from you know, old school cartoons, from and it, it throws off to everything, you know, from you know uh, Disney shorts to WB Looney Tunes, other offshoots. Like it just feels just like so like someone who just had a passion, yeah. who had a passion for it. Um, yeah, and Bob Hoskins great. I think the comedy really works. I think the animation still holds up to this very day. And is the, I think absolutely. I think kind of like this little like tune detective stories could still work. 
And they actually yeah. wanted to make a, a Roger Rabbit sequel for like the longest time, but it just never got off the ground, and Bob Hoskins died. But I don't know. Do you think a Roger Rabbit sequel would yeah. work? I mean, it could. I mean, you could totally do it. I mean, obviously, you know, what we said about them, you know, whodunit type things, those, those films are always, you know, especially now more relevant, obviously, with the success of Knives Out and Murder on the Orient Express and with uh, the, the one, the, the Murder in the Now or whatever coming up. Um, you know, obviously, we have a type of, you know, want for it. It would totally work, but you just have to kind of, you know, just make it, you know, I, I could see it working, I mean, for sure. But, you know, the idea of and what what you would make it about is is up in the air, you know. Exactly, but you know, I would like to see Roger Rabbit come back, even even if it's like tunes. I, I think I think you could do some really good CGI shorts with Roger Rabbit. I I just yeah. you, I mean, you have the life for, sure. for that character. I would like to see him get used more because I do think that he is someone that people still recognize, probably still as an audience. So, yeah, uh, that's Who Framed Roger yeah. Rabbit. Uh, Russell, want to get a plug before we head out? Yeah, you guys can find us Notorious by Chance Facebook group. Go ahead and join that. That's where we put up the uh, polls for you guys to vote on. Um, also, you can find us on YouTube. We'll be slowly putting up more stuff here, as obviously with the theaters opening up and more, you know, things getting a little bit more looser with guidelines and everything. We'll be putting more uh, reviews out, so you can find us on YouTube. Notorious by Chance is the uh, name of the YouTube channel. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Chance Wars underscore ninety one. Uh, check out my uh, I. Can be in the showdown. That's what I do. Uh, I have some matches coming up, including one against Robert Parker. Inner Geekdom. It's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun one. No one wants gonna come out, but it will be out very soon. And yeah, it's gonna do it for us here. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.